You are listening to Intersections with Phil Allen Jr., engaging the issues that matter at the intersection of race, culture, and theology. I have the honor of having this conversation with someone I've come to know in the last year about the work he does as a tattoo artist. His activism is unique to him, the platform he has, and the resources he has. My guest, Billy White, is the owner of Red Rose Tattoo. He offers a service, and I'll let him tell you about it in this episode, a service at his shop that I like to say undoubtedly makes white supremacists angry. I think what he does should inspire people to think outside the box and become anti-racist themselves. Sometimes we may find ourselves as a voice in the wilderness like John the Baptist. Not only must we be immersed or baptized in the dialogue around race, racism, and white supremacy to learn and be changed, but we must also be willing to immerse others who are willing to learn and grow themselves. I think this is what Billy does. He baptizes hate through his art and replaces it with symbols of the very change of mind his clients profess as they come out of a life of hate. I invite you to continue to learn, but also to be anti-racist and be willing to take risks and do something. Listen to this conversation as we engage the intersection of race, culture, and theology. Billy Joe White is with us this week. Thank you, my brother, for, for coming and being a part of this uh, podcast, Intersections, with me. Um, for those of you who do not know this brother, he is a, a tattoo artist, he is an activist, and he's a friend um, out of southeastern Ohio. He's featured in the film Beneath the Ink, the short film directed by Cy Dodson. Uh, that I had the pleasure of seeing this film in uh, Sundance 2019. 2019 is when I saw the film, and I was blown away by it. And we'll probably talk about that throughout this interview, this, this conversation. Um, so I encourage everyone to go out and Google Beneath the Ink, the film, and, and, and watch the short film. It's about this brother's work and what he does and what we're going to be talking about today. But I want people to get to know who you are. Um, and in the film, you talk a little bit about your background in terms of the area you grew up. Um, can you share a little bit about where you grew up, where you're from, um, and what, what made you want to become a tattoo artist? How, how'd, you, how'd you get into that? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, uh, Phil, thanks for having me. Uh, it's good to, to finally uh, get this thing pinned down with you. So um, it's uh, truly an honor to be uh, spending the first day of 2021 with someone like you. So thank you for having me. Um, Thank you. Well, a little bit about myself. Um, I'm from uh, Perry County, Ohio, um, and a little. Uh, it's not. It's, I like to say it's it's a village. It's the village of Crooksville, and um, very, 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 very small. Um, uh, son of a, a coal miner um, turned potter. Uh, both my parents were. Um, you know, kind of uh, worked in factories their whole lives. And um, we just grew up um, kind of poor and in a community that um, nobody was really, even the most successful people now looking back, um, weren't really uh, all 
all well to do. So, um, yeah, just a very, very, very small community. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody's, uh, you know, almost related kind of thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's – I'm not too far removed from where that's at now. I moved to uh, what they call the city from where I'm from, and, and that's in Zanesville. And it's about 35 minutes away um, from where I'm from originally. But, uh, yeah, super, super small school. Crooksville Ceramics. It's it's actually that that was our uh, our high school mascot was the ceramics, which was a uh, a naked potter at the Potter's Will. So super, oh, really? uh, yeah, super weird, super peculiar. Um, yeah, I don't know, but uh, one of the weirdest mascots. I think it actually made a list back in the day for uh, strangest mascots uh, in the country. Wow. Yeah, super weird. <laughs> so I'm picturing that. And on the, for the football team, going out as a ceramics. Hey, listen, the mascot. <laughs> they they did it. They did it right. They didn't put the the guy on the wheel on the helmets. They just in our colors were black and red. So we do. We just look like the Dallas Cowboys, but a black and red version. Which, thank God, nobody wants to have uh, a naked Potter on a a wheel on the side of their helmet. That's just not very intimidating. But um, yeah, you know the the pottery uh. The pottery history is very, uh, very rich in that community. And um, I was just very lucky that, uh, um, you know, my parents, you know, they did work in the factories, but they did make stuff with their hands. And I think that kind of translated into um, something that I would be proud of with uh, making stuff with my hands. You know, it's interesting. I was just, just getting ready to ask you if their work influence what you do you own you 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 owned uh you own uh, red rose tattoo mm-hmm. um I, I was wondering them working with their hands and this and this it's artistry um how did that influence you in, in, in your work yeah um <clears throat> well at first they were kind of always um hesitant about me taking any kind of artistic approach to almost anything that i wanted to do growing up um, I think because they were hesitant in the money that you could actually make, make doing art and, and everything like that. Um, and it wasn't until I was actually a few years into, into my career where um, they were kind of okay with me being a tattoo artist and understanding that I was able to provide for myself and provide for my family. Um, but, but yeah, they, um, I, I think, you know, I, I've had two tattoo shops now Um my first one was yellow rose tattoo, which I, I named after my mom's favorite flower. And, and this is red rose tattoo, which I named after, um, named after my dad's favorite flower. So, um, they were, uh, you know, they were gardeners. They, uh, they had a small garden out back of our house. They had, uh, you know, really nice flowers and everything like that. So it's, it's just something that, you know, I think they're, while they were alive, they had such a huge impact on my life. Um, that since they've been gone, you know, they've been gone for, for a decade now that, um, you know, it's, it's really, uh, it continues to really play, um, a role in my art, my life, the way I, I parent just, just every aspect of my life. Not too long ago, you added a, a, cer- a particular um, service to your business and it's captured or it's actually featured in the film Beneath the Ink. Um, 
and I mentioned to you when we first talked, we first met, two two things happened. One, my, my, my initial, within the first, like, say, two or three minutes of the film, I was skeptical. I was like, oh, covering up tattoos, okay, you know. Um, but as I watched the film, and it's only 12 minutes, so within a few more minutes, I was rocked. I, my, 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 eyes, my eyeballs were sweating, as they say. <laughs> and um, it moved me. And it was the most impactful film, to be honest with you, in my experience in Sun, at Sundance that year. And I watched 10 films. Um, it was the most impactful for me. And I said I wanted to meet you. And then lo and behold, you came the next year. And I saw, I, I didn't even, I saw the tattoos. I saw you with Cy. And I said, that's him. I said, I want to meet that brother. I want to let him know how his feelings work impacted me. But you added a, a particular service to your business. Um, you cover tattoos of former white supremacists. Um, how in the world did that come about? What made you start doing that? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I've always kind of, I guess I've always had a skill set for covering things up. I kind of looked at it as like um, like problem solving and tattooing. It's like advanced problem solving, you know, how to take something that someone has that they're not happy with and transforming it into something new and beautiful for them. So um, that's something that I've always enjoyed. Um, but shortly after Charlottesville, um, you know, with the with the actions that happened there, with the the senseless loss of life, with the uh, you know the person who drove that car into that crowd, you know, killing one, injuring over thirty. Um, that person was from Ohio. That was um, something that really just like popped out in my head. I was just like, man, I can't, I can't, I can't believe, but I can also wholeheartedly believe that this person is from Ohio. You know, because in my community, I see um, different relics of racism, different artifacts of racism, different um, signs and proof that it still is relevant and growing and um, here in my community. So uh, really, I just, I didn't know what to do, man. I felt like probably a lot of us, I felt kind of hopeless. Um, and I don't know, um, you know, a lot, innately, a lot of things, I, I feel like people try to solve problems with just by throwing a ton of money at things or, or something like that. Um, and for me, I just realized that, you know, racism and, and some of those things aren't, you just can't dump a ton of money into to try to fix these things. Um, so for me, I wanted to be able to use my skill set and try to provide a service that I thought might be beneficial to people who wanted to walk away from that lifestyle of hatred, um, who had um, a history, whether it be, um, you know, prison gang um, tattoos, whether it be, um, you know, clan tattoos, whether it be um, a wide array of tattoos. You know, I, I, I when we first began, I, I wouldn't have even guessed how many we would actually dive into um, over the last three years. But um, yeah, you know, at, at first I said I would do the first 10 for free, pro bono, no questions asked. Um, just bring me your mistakes and let me try to let me try to help you. Um, and shortly after starting, I just felt like, um, I, I kind of needed to be able to get to know these people a little bit better. I, I needed to, to make sure that, um, these people, a had really moved past this ideology. They were, they were really taking the steps to become, um, you know, um, a more functioning member of society, you know, realizing that, um, the way of their past, 
you know, just isn't the way to live. And um, that through education, through healing and through like different aspects um, of your life, your journey, um, you can grow and you can heal. Um, but a lot of times these people don't have the, the means to um, financially cover up a lot of these mistakes that they have on them. Um, I know that, you know, tattoos are a luxury. Um, it's not something that everybody can run out and afford. And a lot of times these tattoos are very big. They're very extensive. And it's really embarrassing a lot of times. If you don't know who's standing on the other side of that counter or on the other side of, of the door at the tattoo shop, you don't know what, what they're going to think when you come in with this mistake or this, this judgment, this tattoo that you've actually done, you know? Um, so I wanted to a open up the door. I wanted, to, I wanted to alleviate that, um, that stigma, like, Hey, we're not here to judge you. We're here to help you. Um, we're here to understand we're here to grow and we're, we're we, um, we don't care about the money. And, um, it was just a, a thing that I thought would really help in this particular moment. Um, and it wasn't, uh, wasn't even probably two weeks into it that I realized that we got through the first 10 really quick and that this was going to be something that, um, you know, we were going to have to do for, um, as long as we can and we're continuing to do it. And, um, I, I've already made the promise that I'll, I'll continue to do this service for as long as I'm tattooing and I will continue to connect people with other people who are doing the similar services, um, throughout the country and throughout the world. So, um, that's my goal now. And, um, you know, that's, that's my hope is to just continue to, um, link people who, who are willing and who, um, want to make those changes and to better their lives to, um, to help them out. That's awesome, man. You know, one of the things I keep hearing you say is change. You keep using that word change. People have made a change. Yeah. They want to make change. Um, and you, you wanted to be a part of change. Um, that's what was captured in the film. Uh, how, did, how, did, how did the film come about? Like, what, what made you want to, uh, and I would imagine, you know, that, that's risky. The people who are actually in the film getting the tattoos removed, you know, volunteering and being willing to put themselves out there, uh, that they made this mistake. And, and they're going through this process of, of changing it and covering it up. What brought about, how did, how did that develop doing it as, as a film? Yeah, well, um, A, I never set out to make a film. I, I, I really never set out to, to gain any kind of notoriety for this or to, for any, um, any kind of recognition at all, you know. I guess when we made, when I made that first little video and I started actually posting these cover-ups, um, our local times, um, our local newspaper, the times recorder decided that they were going to pick up the story and, um, just share the story here in the community. Um, which then tipped off Cy, who, uh, currently lives in Minnesota, but is actually from Zanesville originally. So, um, he saw the story being shared via, um, you know, different people here in, in the community. And um, he actually was the second person to reach out to me about um, making a film. And, and I was just kind of like shrugged off the first guy. and was just like, man, you know, like this isn't something, ah, no, you know. Yeah. Um, 
And when Cy called, there was just something about him that seemed very low key, very chill. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, you, you know, you know, Cy, that's that's him to a tease. And, and I almost felt like I could call his bluff on it. He was like, "Yeah, I'm from Minnesota. If I come out there, can we do some stuff?" And sure, man, if you come out here, we can make something happen. And um, you know, we filmed for two days. That uh, that explains the 12 minutes, the 13 minutes. Um, that the film is uh there's not a lot of footage uh so what you see is what you get it's very raw it's very um it's really i don't i don't feel like it's um you know so i did a brilliant job at editing it and putting the story together but um that is exactly how the that um you know two days went we had the three people who are in the film come through and there's varying levels of their commitment to wanting to actually show themselves. You know, the first guy who's getting the dragon on his chest, you know, um, you know, literally had admitted to me, you know, prior to the tattoo, I'm, I'm basically only getting this thing covered up because my mom wants me to get this swastika covered up and you know, whatever I, you know, if it makes her happy, it makes her happy. And that, you know, that those, those hurt, those kill. And that was very early on into the whole process of us doing those things. Um, and that's why our vetting process has, has become more stringent, okay. you know, over the years and, and thus, thus uh, making it a little bit more challenging to get in here. Um, <clears throat> but, but uh, yeah, you know, the film, if you would have told us at any given point in time that it would have been what it is, I, I would have told you you're crazy. You know, I, I wouldn't have guessed that it would have been so impactful for so many people. But I also, I don't think that, um, you know, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, there's parts, there's parts in that film where you can totally see like my white privilege coming through, you know, like I say things like, Hey man, I thought this was, a t I thought we had moved past these things. Yeah. Um, and the reality is, is we haven't moved past that. Um, you know, we've been, uh, you know, as, as a white man, I don't have to deal with those atrocities. I don't have to deal with those fears and, and that guilt and, uh, or not guilt, but, uh, you know, of, of just going to a, the supermarket doing and doing anything, you know, yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, so I, I guess, when I, when I, when we filmed that movie, who I was then and who I am now are just two different people. You know, I've had to unpack a lot of things and I, I've had to try to figure out, you know, what our real role in all of this is. Yeah. And, um, you know, doing the cover ups, it's, it's a great service. Um, I've definitely thought about like, you know, are we even helping the right people here? Like, is, is this something that we should be doing? But, um, I truly think, um, you know, redemption is, it's not for me. It is, it is truly like, it is a God gift. It is something that, you know, I'm merely a tool. I, um, and I'm trying to facilitate, you know, the best, um, the best outcome that we can provide to everybody. You know, we don't just help. Um, and, and, and from the beginning of the movie, we've kind of shifted our cover-ups and we just kind of decided that, you know, in general, tattooing is so healing. And so 
um, therapeutic for so many that we, we we're, we've shifted into helping people who um, have walked away from gang life. So, um, you know, we're talking about former, uh, you know, Bloods, Crips, MS-13, you know, wow. we're, we're, we're helping whoever we can. Um, if you have self-harm scars, uh, we want to help you cover those. We want to help you get rid of, um, you know, that stigma, something that you have to look at every day that, that reminds you, you know, this, that, or the other. Um, you know, I will still do most of this stuff completely free of charge. Most people... Um, are still trying to give me some money here and there. And we're just taking that money and we're donating it into, um, you know, local nonprofits, local groups who are dealing with, you know, mental health and different things, because I truly feel like all of these things kind of, um, they encompass a lot of the same, um, underlying problems. So, uh, you know, here we are. And I guess, you know, that the, the cover-ups have really helped me um, understand, you know, the people, you know, the stories are very different, but the way they, they get there is very, uh, very similar. So um, yeah. now we're just trying to connect with as many people as we can to help um, alleviate some of those other issues that kind of go into uh, the root of these causes. You, you, you segued into, you, you started talking about some things I wanted to ask you in regards to your business and your life, but I want to come back to the vetting process. You yeah. mentioned the, the vetting process has changed over the years. Can you talk more about what does that look like? What did it look like then and, and what does it look like now? Um, man, what it looked like then was, you know, kind of a free for all, you know, the first 20 people, you know, on a list kind of thing. We tried to get you in kind of rapid fire. And what that ended up leading to was I was finding it difficult for us to have, you know, meaningful conversations um, about, you know, life and about, you know, um, how they got to where they are and, um, you know, what, how they planned on staying on track. And um, so since, since the beginning, we've shifted into and, and, and that's just all of us here at the shop really educating ourselves on, you know, different ways of like, um, you know, educating ourselves about, you know, drug addiction, um, prison life, um, sexual abuse. You know, there's just kind of if you can think of all these, um, you know, different underlying kind of uh, faux pas things in our society that no one wants to touch on. Um, that's the things that we, we've really had to like, kind of turn our head up to and just start saying like, Hey, um, you know, you're not going to get in next week, but you know, we're going to get you in. Um, let, let, let's talk, let's be friends. Let's figure out, um, you know, where you're at in this journey. And if you need things like, um, drug and alcohol counseling, or if you need mental health counseling, or if you need um, just, you know, you know, education on different races, different minorities, if, you, if you're not sure, you know, a lot of times those walls can be broke down about one segment of the, the, of the thing that you hate, but you still have, I would say, isms run in, in circles. You know, if you're, if you're racist, you might be sexist if you're, um, you know, so 
it's trying to break down those walls too. So, um, you know, just providing people with, um, you know, different resources, connecting them to different people um, before they get into us is um, something that, you know, is, it's invaluable. You know, these people um, wholeheartedly know, like we are not only invested in them um, for their cover up, you know, monetarily, but emotionally, um, spiritually, physically, you know, we want people to, to succeed. And, um, so, you know, really just getting to know, um, our potential clients, um, kind of monitoring their social media, checking back in with them and having, um, you know, frequent conversations and, and just, um, ensuring that, um, you know, we feel good about what we're doing. They feel good about the product and the service that they're going to get. And, um, you know, when the time comes, if we have to have that, like kind of another difficult conversation, it's a little bit easier to have that with someone that you've built that bond with that trust with. Um, and, um, so that, that's, that's been the main thing, you know, like getting to know our clients and getting to know the people, um, who are coming here. Um, you know, I get the question a lot of times about like, man, are there really that many, like a former racist in your community? And uh, the answer is yes, there's, there's former racists in every community. There's racists in every community. Um, the, the, you know, this year has definitely been a year where um, you might be able to tell a little bit easier who is um, thinking what, but um, a lot of times you're not going to find out, you're not going to know. And, um, you know, I've said, I said it in the film, I've tattooed people, um, done multiple tattoos on people and then ended up having to cover up a swastika that they got on their leg when they were, you know, 20 years old, locked up in the county and yeah. this, that, or the other, you know, the story can, um, you know, you can plug and play whatever you want as far as the story goes. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's amazing, man. I, I, you know, we've, we've talked a couple of times and we've done this interview for another, uh, for Windrider. Yeah. And I didn't know that part, the, the, the resources you're providing. You do know you're shepherding people, right? You're pastoring people. That's yeah. what a shepherd does. <laughs> yeah. Counseling, feeding them, making sure they have, knowing the, your limitations, but knowing the resources, where to point them, where to, to connect them. Uh, for their particular issues. I and mean, that's literally what a shepherd, I, I did that, I've been doing that for 13, 15 years. Yeah, man. 15 years, man. Yeah, if you would have told me, like, like I said, man, I, I just, I always go back and just say, man, I'm just a guy that does tattoos. And um, I think over the last three years, that's definitely shifted a little bit more. You know, I, I say in the film, um, I'm, I'm working hard against that stigma. You know, I don't want my kids to, um, to sit back one day and just be like, man, my dad was just some guy who did tattoos. And at one point in time, my tattoo shop, I worked at a tattoo shop that was in a mall. And if you know anything about malls, they're just not doing that well. And especially here in our community, you know, so it's like, yeah. you know, when they tell my grandkids or my great grandkids about me, you know, they might not even know what a mall is, let alone, um, you know, tattoos just might not be cool then, you know? So, um, I, I just didn't want to be that guy, man. You know, it's like, 
making art and doing tattoos is my passion. I love it. You know, I, I breathe it. Um, it's, it's, it's who I am, you know, but at the end of the day, I just think like, um, I have something else inside of me that says you can do more. Um, you have a gift and you should use that gift to do good. And, um, that's what I, I just, I'm just letting that guide me and hope to God that I'm making, um, making the right decisions and, um, you know, doing it justice because the last thing I wanted to do is to do it, you know, an injustice to tattooing, to do an injustice to, um, you know, myself, my clients, um, my family. So, um, yeah, the hope is to just keep, um, keep doing everything with love and keep, um, you know, just thinking about, um, the fact that, you know, nothing is linear and that the, the, the story is very long and there's not, there's no, um, we, we all get to write our own story. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing my best to write the most positive one I can. Absolutely. And, and you are, man, you, you, you're doing the work. You're doing the work. That's why I call you an activist. I don't, I'm not sure if anyone else calls you that, but to me, you're an activist. You're, you're engaged. You're, you're taking whatever um, skill set, whatever resources you have, man, and you're trying to do something with that. Um, but the important thing is, like all of us, you're also learning along the way. Yeah, like, absolutely. I may be doing this now, but a year from now, it may be something else that you may need to do or uh, – tweak it a bit um, yep. as you grow. Yep. Um, so it seems like the film has, has impacted your business and your life in tremendous way, ways that you couldn't even imagine. Um, is there anything you want to add to that? How the, how the film itself, once that film went out, how has it impacted your business, um, impacted your life? For sure. Um, well, before I was, uh, you know, I had a pretty, um, a pretty well-known, um, you know, following on social media, which is why I decided to use that following to do the work that we're doing now. But since then it has grown, um, and the shop been busier, you know, when we filmed the, the first time we were half the size that we are now, we're double the size that we are now. We have another artist on board. Um, we have more guest artists, you know, COVID obviously kind of has, um, slowed down that, um, but we've had guest artists come from all over the country who have since taken what we do here and implemented it back in their own shops. Um, and really, you know, like, um, there's days now where I wake up from messages from people from all over the world who have seen the story, who have, um, been impacted by a 13 minute clip or, even, you know, the ones that have went, they've shrunk down, you know, they've taken the story and they've taken all the, the sweet clips that are 90 seconds. And yeah. even the 90 second things have impacted people and they understand the validity of, uh, you know, what we're doing and the, um, the seriousness of what it does, especially in this time that we're living in currently um, is, uh, you know, it's overwhelming. It's, um, it's a lot to take on as a, a guy who, like I said, I didn't start off by wanting any, anything from this, any notoriety or fame or anything. Um, I'm a very much like kind of a, just put my head down and do the work kind of guy. 
Um, so really I've just tried to remain humble and then still put my head down and do the work. The work just got bigger and I understand now the true impact of it and how important it is to not only my community, but really the world. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you mentioned in the film, um, tattoos, right? Um, and I asked you this question before, were you ever involved or engaged in white supremacist groups or activities, ideology yourself? Um, but the, the reason why you want to remove the tattoos, uh, you said because of you didn't want the perception, right? You didn't want people to perceive you're just looking at you on the outside, seeing all the tats. Um, you didn't want to be perceived a particular way. But it was hard because of your parents, right? Is that, am, I, am I correct? Yeah, you know, um, I have... You know, I, like I said earlier, I lost my parents, you know, over 10 years ago now. Um, and it's still something that, um, you know, weighs heavily on me. It affects me daily. It's um, kind of a driving force in my life. Um, I lost them 49 hours apart. You know, it was um, uh, one of those things that, you know, you don't expect to ever have to deal with. And, um it rocked me mentally, spiritually, emotionally. Um, and I did things that, you know, I'm not proud of. Um, and I did things that I didn't think of, um, you know, at all, really. I just dove into things. Um, and I, I got tattoos on my face. Um, and even though they're tattoos that for me, um, you know, I hold near and dear, you know, um, you know, I have broken on one side, ruined on the other, because at, at one point in time, that's really how I felt. You know, I felt like, um, you know, like I wasn't I, I wasn't worth loving. I wasn't worth you know, I wasn't even really it, it wasn't even worth living. You know, I was just kind of. Um, I feel like just like a leaf in the wind, you know, like where whatever it took me, took me. And, um, you know, I made a lot of brash decisions and, and I heard a lot of people along the way you know, loved ones, um, strangers, all kinds of people. Um, and that's not the person that I, that I am now. Um, it might've been the person that I was then, but, um, you know, so when I look at some of those tattoos, like they, they do, um, they weigh heavy on my heart. They weigh, weigh they weigh heavy on my mind, but, um, you know, they've done more damage, uh, than they ever did good. Um, and, you know, as I thought they were a part of like my healing, you know, like I was going to get these things on my face. They were going to push people away from me. I could finally be left alone and I could be doing my thing. And, you know, um, you know, that was my mentality. And, um, you know, I still I still uh, have to deal with the ramifications of those actions. You know, like I have, um, you know, I have three sisters and, and a brother who's still alive. And I don't really have a relationship with them at all. And it's, um, you know, it's because they're really just a you know, conservative, very straight laced people. You know, we uh, they're much older than I am. You know, they don't have a tattoo, let alone, um, you know, their forehead tattooed. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, during the film, I was getting those tattoos lasered. I have since stopped getting my tattoos lasered. Um, and even... Yeah, even since, well, you know, I just, 
you know, Phil, I'm, I'm more comfortable in my own skin, man. I don't care what, um, what people think about me as much anymore. Um, I, I know who I am. Um, I know who I want to be. And I know that, um, you know, those things in my past, um, don't necessarily define me. Um, these tattoos don't define me. And if, um, you know, if, if we let, you know, society, you know, um, win that battle, you know, it's no different than, than, um, I, it is different. Don't get me wrong, but it's no different than being, you know, um, you know, a redhead and being like, man, I'm a redhead and society doesn't like redheads or I'm chubby and, or I'm black or I'm gay or I'm whatever it is, you know, like once we realize that, that we're all dealing with something that, you know, is, um, there's always going to be someone out there that doesn't like that, um, that particular thing. Uh, we, we're probably off just better off living in our own skin and, and, and loving ourselves and appreciating ourselves. So that's just, that's really what I'm going to do. That's really what I'm trying to do. You know, um, I'll, I will, I probably continue to get these things removed at some point in time, you know, especially the broken and the ruined and the teardrop and, um, yeah, I, I will. Um, but I, I'll do that for myself and it's, it's yeah. solely for me and not for anyone else. That's awesome. When I, when I, when I went back and watched the film and I saw that part, I, it reminded me of a conversation I had with someone recently and they were talking about the scars that they were ashamed of. They literally have scars on their bodies that they had always been ashamed of. Um, they had covered up all their lives until they were in their thirties. And I reminded them that about scars from a biblical standpoint, when Jesus resurrected, he still had his scars. As a matter of fact, it was his scars that he showed to the disciples to prove that it was him. Right. Like Thomas was like, I don't, I don't want, I'm not going to believe until I see the scars with it, where they, where they put the nails in his hands and his side. And so that that spoke to me. That 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 story spoke to me about emotional scars, physical scars, our past, and how we can be so ashamed and and and, and allow those uh, outside of us to dictate how we ought to be, how we ought to present ourselves, rather Absolutely. than you know this is what it is. It's not me today. This is what it is, though. So I was curious to see where you were with that. Um, if you were still in that same that same space, and I'm glad to hear yeah. that you 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 you're comfortable in your own skin um, with that. I tell people about you. I said this this is the guy who uh, makes white supremacists angry because he's removing these tattoos. Um, anybody who's doing that, um, I'm I'm fully supportive of. Um, can you talk about? I think the last time we talked. We, we talked a little bit about the, the backlash. Um, mm -hmm. Do you still get backlash? Do you still get, um, what's that like from, but both from white supremacist groups who may not like what you're doing, but also from communities of color, black community who might continue to be skeptical. Like, you know, you're, you're just covering, that's not helping. You're just covering up tattoos, blah, blah, blah. Um, but particularly the, the white supremacists start with that do you still get backlash? Do you get any backlash from them? Uh, yeah. Um, 
you know, I've, I've since tried to do a better job at not giving people as much ammo to come at me. So, um, I've since, um, made my social media a little bit, um, more, uh, you know, before I had every single cover up, you know, well, I guess it wasn't every single cover up, but I had a, a lot of cover ups. The page was solely dedicated towards that. And I noticed when I was doing that, that I just, I was getting, um, you know, I was getting it every day, whether it was in the comments, whether it was in my DMs, whether, um, you know, and it's always online stuff, but, but that's, um, you know, it, it still plays, it was still wages war in your mind. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't know, you don't know how serious someone is when they say they know where you live or they know where your shop is or anything like that. Um, you know, knock on wood, uh, we haven't had to deal with anything like that. We haven't had to, uh, you know, replace any windows or deal with a burnt down shop or, you know, anything, anything wild, you know, um, do we still get it? Yeah. Um, I think as long as we continue to do this, we're going to continue to get that backlash. Um, but that's okay. You know, I feel like if you're not, you know, if you're not getting the backlash, if you're not getting some hate, um, you're not, you're probably not really making any difference. You're not making, um, really rocking the boat, you know, making yeah. any waves. So, uh, um, in the very beginning, it was all like kind of far right white supremacist, um, hate that we got. Um, I've, I, I've told you since then, um, as we've become, um, more well known for what we do, we've, um, we've definitely become accosted by, you know, what I'd say both sides of the, of the, of the, you know, the game, if you will, is, um, anything that's far left or, you know, far right, anything that's extreme. we seem yeah. to, um, get that, uh, you know, these people don't deserve any judgment you, or any, um, help, you know, you should be charging them quadruple. You should, be, <laughs> you know, we've, we've heard it all kind of thing. Um, and then we've, we've heard, um, you know, from, you know, the, you know, the, the black and brown community, you know, that, you know, is truly the people, um, you know, who are affected mostly by, you know, a lot of the people that we are helping. Um, and we've heard both positive and, you know, negative comments. And, um, honestly, they both help me, um, you know, try to figure out the best way to do this. Um, you yeah. know, like I said, there's, there's not a, there, there really isn't a day go that goes by that I don't think about whether or not, you know, this was the right angle in the very beginning, but, um, you know, it's something, it's a start. Yeah. And, yeah. um, so, so for me, um, you know, I, I, I like to take that criticism and I like to, to be able to use that to kind of um, steer me in the right direction. Keep going. Um, lost my train of thought. Oh, has it intensified since George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor. Has anything in the negative intensified? 
Because I would imagine it mm-hmm. shines even more of a spotlight on what you do. Yeah. Um, I mean, in in a lot of those cases um, that you're speaking about, we're dealing, we're talking about um, instances of police um, brutality and um, you know terrible policing and um, atrocities that um, you know don't necessarily. Well, you know, I, I guess you know with the Arbery case, you know, you have you definitely have two two guys there that, um, you know, aren't police, but, um, we, we've seen more positive coming out of this and we've seen more people turn to us in times like this and, and ask us what now, you know, what, what next, what can we do? Um, and I, and I feel like, um, that is both awesome, but it's, it's a ton of, it's a ton of pressure. It's a ton of weight. You know, I, I don't have the answers a lot of times, um, you know, and, and I can, I can give people my opinions and my two cents on what I think we could do and, and how, um, how I think we, how this should be and that should be. But at the end of the day, it's just like, um, you know, we have to, we have to come together. We have to, we have to have understanding we have to be able to, um, you know, really get to know each other and, and, and love each other. And, and before we could do all like, before we can like heal, man, like those are the things that we have to like start doing, you know? And, um, so yeah, like the, the backlash, like with the, when these things happen, when, when it pops off and, and the incident happens, um, you know, we do get more people who want our services, that's for sure, um, because it intensifies the light of racism in, in, in America. And um, But ultimately, um, you know, we're finding that more people are looking at us as a as an outlet for um, like just like hope and comfort and, um, you know, some somewhere where um, they can find uh, like there's going to be a positive message that'll come out of this versus um, you know something that's just like terrible and toxic because Lord knows we 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 know what that is the incident itself is terrible it's toxic and um, you know people um, they're sick of it yeah yeah last question I have for you um, what has been the most surprising endorsement like you just came out of left field you didn't expect this person or this group to reach out and just affirm and support what you do oh um i mean you know honestly as as naive as this sounds i had never really even um thought about any like religious groups at all coming out and, um, you know, thinking what I'm doing or, or, or having any, um, positive, uh, kind of like, uh, vibe for what we do here, as uh, positive. Um, so I guess every time that I get to speak with anybody who, um, comes from any type of religious background, I'm just always just like, Oh, you know, Okay, I, like I, I guess where I've always stood is a lot of times I've been um, 
you know, not always well received when it comes to, uh, you know, churchgoers or, you know, people that believe this or believe that. Um, and I felt like through this journey, I've actually got to meet what, um, what, what re the real people of God look like, you know, the people who, um, understand that, uh, it's, it's not what you look like. It's your works. It's, um, it's your actions. It's your heart. Uh, you know, I was in Pittsburgh right after the synagogue shooting, um, at the film festival there. I made it a point to go there. Um, you know, just shortly thereafter that shooting and, um, after the film, uh, you know, a man walked up to me and shook my hand and he thanked me. And, um, he said, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a 67 year old Jewish man. And, um, I can remember seeing a swastika on a man's arm when I was a boy and it was burnt into my brain. And, I just want to thank you for covering that now. So here's a man who is like, you know, maybe 50 some 60 years removed from this thing. And he's just seen the works that's happening now. And it honestly Phil, I swear to this day, that was the first time that I even thought, uh, Oh yeah. If you're a Jewish person, you, you might think what we're doing is cool. I mean, that's just like some, that's just how, like naive that I am to, to this is and how privileged I am. Um, but with that, I want to weaponize that privilege. I want to be able to take what, um, my Jewish friends can't and what my, um, you know, my black and Brown brothers and sisters can't, um, what my, um, you know, my, uh, L LGBT plus community can't do. And I want to be able to use my voice and use my platform to do something that'll make a difference for everybody, for all of us, so that we can come together and that the world, you know, we live in will be better, you know, it'd be a lot better than 2020, 2019, you know, 2021 could be a year that we can all look forward to. Wow. Yeah. I just, I just want to, I want to just share a few thoughts like I said, to affirm you, man, and the work that you do and who I have come to know you to be in our short time of knowing each other. Um, I always ask people to consider what they would say um, if their grandkids asked them the question, back then when such and such was going on, what did you do, grandma? What did you do, granddad? And in the film, you talked about, you know, just being a guy. You didn't want your, your, your kids to think you're, you know, that's just a guy. Um, and you also mentioned about being just a guy that does tattoos. Um, I, I want to affirm you, man, that you're, you're not just a guy. That when your kids are older, when your grandkids are born, God willing, they're going to know that your, their grandfather was not just a guy. Like he, he did something. And I've told you before that it's analogous for me to what you do to John the Baptist. And I, I'm not saying you're John the Baptist, but the work that you do is very similar. Um, John the Baptist baptized people who professed their sins publicly, 
they wanted to change. They were turning away from a way of thinking, a way of living. They were essentially repenting. What he did was not enough. Like it wasn't the end of it. It was like you said, the beginning. It's a start because there was still work that needed to be do for these to be done for these people. And what John the Baptist did was, what baptism was was an outward expression, literally being dunked, immersed, covered, fully covered in water, to be resurrected, new, fresh, right, clean, so to speak, different. Mm-hmm. And it was the outward expression of what was going on on the inside. And I said to you before, you rem- this this work reminds me of that. You are baptizing, these tattoos of hate are being baptized and covered, immersed with tattoos that reflect something different, something new, something transformative that's going on on the inside. Now we can't, you can't be responsible for every single person, just like in people who get baptized in the church, many backslide, right? But that's the, that's the type of work that I think you're doing. And others, I, I would imagine we could sit down and we could figure out who, there are others who are doing similar work in different ways, baptizing people into something, immersing them. And so I, I want you to know so much of what you said is biblical or theological. You, you said, bring me your mistakes. Earlier when we talked, bring me your mistakes. Not everyone has the means to get their tattoos covered up and pay for it. That's literally what Jesus says. Bring me your mistakes. We don't have the means of taking care of it and covering up ourselves. But it's the love of God that covers a multitude of sin. Scripture teaches us. I'm getting, I don't want to get too preachy here, but I want, I I really want to affirm what you're doing, man, and who you have become and are becoming. Because everyone is doing something different to contribute to it. It's something. And for some people, it's a start. But what it seems like you're doing is more than just a start. You're actually walking with people through it, checking up on them, providing them with resources. That's the work, man. Um, That's the work. You can't just dump money into, into racism to fix it, you said. And I'm going to add to that, you have to dump yourself into it. Yeah. And take the risk, Always. right? Take Always. the risk, take the hits, take the backlash to cause change. Yeah. Brother, I want to thank you for um, just taking the time to share, um, share your heart, share your story. I want more and more people to hear what you do um, and be influenced by the work that you do and, and the man that you are. Appreciate I, pre- you. I appreciate you. I love you. And love um, you, thank, thank you for your time, man. Thank you, brother. Have a, have a wonderful 2021, man. This year is going to be better than last year. Uh, absolutely. It's got to be. <laughs> yeah, man. It can't get much worse, brother. <laughs> it's got to gotta be. I want to remind you to check out the short film about Billy Beneath the Ink. It's only about 12 minutes long, and the link is in the show notes. And you can follow Billy on Instagram at Billy White Tattoos and on Facebook at Billy White.
You can also follow Red Rose Tattoo on Facebook at Red Rose Zanesville. That's R-E-D-R-O-S-E-Z-A-N-E-S-V-I-L-L-E. And don't forget to get your pre-order of my book, Open Wounds, on Amazon right now for pre-order. The book actually comes out February 9th. And I'm, I'm just so excited for you to hear my family's story, my story, and to learn where we go from here when it comes to racism and how we get there. Thank you for listening to this episode. And as always, I appreciate your coming and parking with me at the intersections. Thank you.